Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Shiado, veteran ally. Psalm chapter 40, verses 6 through 17. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Here I am. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, Lord. I have not hidden your saving help with my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O Lord, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. For evils have encompassed me without number. My iniquities have overtaken me until I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let all those who put to shame and confusion, who seek to snatch away my life, let those be turned back and brought to dishonor, who desire my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame, who say to me, Aha! Aha! But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. Isaiah chapter 48 verses 12 through 21. Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I'm called. I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I summon them, they stand at attention. Assemble all of you and hear. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He shall perform his purpose on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken and called him. I have brought him, and he will prosper in his way. Draw near to me, hear this. From the beginning I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be, I have been there. And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you for your own good, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your prosperity would have been like a river, and your success like the waves of the sea. Your offspring would have been like the sand, and your descendants like its grains. Their name would never be cut off, 
or destroyed from before me. Go out of Babylon, free, flee from Chaldea. Declare this with a shout of joy. Proclaim it. Send it forth to the end of the earth. Say, The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made water flow for them from the rock. He split open the rock, and the water gushed out. Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 through 17. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak, for the patch pulls away from the cloak, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins, otherwise the skins burst and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. Good morning and welcome to the second Wednesday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's reading comes to us from Margaret Shadow, uh, the 40th Psalm, uh, a piece of Isaiah 48, and then finally a, a short selection from the Gospel of Matthew. Um, and although the the context of Matthew is very interesting, and uh, I the new and old wineskins I'm reminded was is kind of uh, prefaced by this uh, other analogy about sewing a piece of unshrunk cloth onto an old cloak because when it the patch pulls away from the cloth as it shrinks a worse tear is made um, but uh, I won't focus on that because there's another line that stood out to me um, in verse 9 of the psalm um, and the, the psalm as a whole um, uh, is is one of um, both trepidation of the enemies that surround the author, um, but also great hope and promise, uh, not on God's part, but on the part of the writer, um, on the part of the, the narrator. I've told the great news of deliverance, um, you know, the, the hope of, of being delivered by God, um, as well as the evils that encompass the person um, and the iniquities that have overtaken them. And the, the line that st- uh, stood out uh, in verse 9 is actually, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. Um, and I know a lot of people will read this and other psalms and um, pat themselves on their back for um, not restraining their lips or any whatever else the psalm might say. Um, and so often, maybe this is me because I'm fucking weird, um, but I always think of the things where maybe I haven't done what I'm saying in the reading of Scripture that I'm that I'm doing. And one of those things is not restraining my lips. I think, I don't actually think of myself, I, which I just said that I did, um, but I do think that sometimes we read things and we take for granted 
that by saying them with scripture, they're true for us. And sometimes they're not true. Um, and that's a really difficult pill to swallow. I know I spoke yesterday about um, a similar subject about, you know, being willing to accept the things that we've done wrong and the and using ap- apocalyptic metaphorical language as kind of this escape hatch to avoid the very pragmatic kind of elements of scripture that uh, aren't always fun and that are are kind of um, convicting. And so we put things up in like clay feet and a gold four-headed beast and everything else when sometimes scripture is just convicting and it doesn't give us what we want and um, the spirit doesn't have a nice fun word for us. Um, and I, verse 9 has stood out to me today for two reasons. The one is the report from a friend um, who um, something happened in, in a church that, um, that I've been a part of that was painful. And the thing that occurred, the thing that was said or done, wasn't actually nearly as painful as the, the deafening silence that followed when nothing was said or maybe one person stood up and said something. Um, and the person who was hurt, and the family or the maybe there's more than one people that were hurt, um, they had to live with that, that great silence of what should have been a great congregation and, and congregations just like uh, everything that's human is fallible. Um, that's kind of the, the beauty of the body of Christ is it's both fu- fully human and fully divine. Um, and we take great hope in the divinity of our congregation, um, but we also have to be fully aware um, of the humanity of our congregations and the ways in which they fail, uh, not just us, but also the body uh, of the bridegroom that um, we are to be kind of membering here in the world. Um, and the other reason that nine stood out to me, verse nine, is that uh, I've I've felt things similarly, um, and it made me empathize with this person when I heard about what happened, um, because as a grunt, as a light infantryman, paratrooper, I can take a lot of shit, um, and I'm used to taking shit, and I think a lot of grunts are, um, and the, some of the things that I can't take. Or when I, I need help, I don't know how to ask for help and I don't get it. Or I do ask for help and nobody comes to my assistance. I remember when I was in Iraq, um, toward the end of my deployment, uh, it was January, it was the elections, and um, I, I, I'd had some nightmares in country that I attributed to post-traumatic stress and everything, um, but none scared me nearly as much as the one I had the night before the elections in January of 2005. And that was because we were um, just a platoon out in the middle of uh, uh, an area of Mosul that was pretty volatile. Um, We had occupied a house. We paid for it, but still, we're forcing a family out, which I was concerned maybe family wouldn't like that. And we also were, um, you know, everybody knew where we were in this kind of really crowded area Without, a whole, without our usual, you know, barriers and security and everything else. And that night I had a dream where we had been run over. Um, overrun, I'm sorry. Although maybe also run over. Um, and it even makes me kind of uh, 
jittery to think about it now. Um, when, uh, so the very real danger that we might be overrun was there. And in the dream, it just exacerbated, you know, dream is, it, it can be real, but it's like more than real or it can be. And I just remember that feeling of total hopelessness of no one's coming for me. I'm the last one standing. I'm here in this hole. And whenever they, whoever they is, and whatever they is, um, when they get there, um, I'll have, I'll have nothing. I'll have no hope. They'll do with me whatever they want. And, and, you know, that, that feeling that all hope was lost, that no one was coming to my assistance was so overwhelming um, that I still remember that feeling. Um, and it returns every so often when um, I need help. Um, sometimes I do ask for it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't know how to ask for it. And nobody comes to my assistance. Sometimes when I need help, it's very important. Sometimes it's not so important. Um, but that feeling of hopelessness, of uh, not having someone who speaks up for you, of of hearing that great silence when when your heart cries out for communion and for community, um, when it uh, needs griefs divided and joys multiplied, um, but there are none who who can uh, and who are willing to do that with you. Um, and so when I read verse nine, I thought of this friend and my own experiences about how sometimes we do restrain our lips even though we want to believe that we haven't or that we don't. And we go on reading these things and take for granted that this scripture was come, comes to us through a lot of blood and sweat and tears. Um, and those tears and blood and sweat are usually um, shed by um, people who were crying out for help, um, whose only hope was that, um, that God heard them because it seemed like nobody else did. Um, and that isn't the God, or that's not the community that we are called to embody. And there's deep sadness when um, faith communities fail to be faithful, um, when they, um, they do restrain their lips for fear of what might happen, for fear of the unknown, for fear of um, giving up a little bit of the privilege and, and affluence that they might have um, because they're afraid of, of what happens if they do. Um, and so today my prayers go out to my friend. Um, they go out to everyone who has felt alone um, in the midst of these seemingly great congregations that are wonderfully divine but also um, irrevocably human. Help, a prayer by Rabbi Abraham Heschel. Set me at the head of all the dying with a greeting, a message from you. The desolate call to you and you don't come, so send me and any others you might choose. I cannot curse as justly as did Jeremiah. People are poor, weak, and it seems to me that their guilt is yours, their sins, your crimes. You are meant to help here, O God, but you are silent while needs shriek. So help me to help. I'll fulfill your duty. Pay your debts.
Let me always feel, suffer, when human hands in peril reach for the emergency brakes of your world, which you have forgotten to set up. And come like a slave at their call and quench all suffering with my help, to help each stone, each flower, to serve each man, each worm. Help me to help. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.